0: It's hey, by the way, looking at my uh, at my cell phone, it's noon. Well, a little after because somebody's running a little late. And this is news that you can use from YAA with your dear friends Zach and Ray. Um, one of us is feeling a lot better than the other. I'll How let you, you folks figure it out.
1: I feel fine, that. I don't know what you're talking about. Is your is your mic hooked up? Can you click on click on the little cog icon? Go to cam mic go to audio. I just want to make sure. I want to make sure everyone can hear your beautiful, dulcet tones. Yes, yeah, Scarlett, buddy. Scarlett. Right. Scarlett right. O'Hara. That's me. All right, Pops. How are you? Monday morning, we've got Thanksgiving just around the corner. Can't wait to spend that with you and the rest of the family. Until then, yes. we've got news that you can use. We're going to be talking chip shortage update today. We also have a lot of headlines from Rivian that came out on a Friday evening. I, I was surprised by this, but I guess I shouldn't be at this point. No, you should not. So we've got Rivian headlines that we're going to touch on. And then there was also a Wall Street Journal article that I didn't queue up for you, which I apologize for not having done that. However, I think it's worth us talking about. It has to do with prior, how history can can kind of indicate that prior shortages have brought about uh, periods of overproduction, which ultimately bring prices back down. So I kind of wanted to talk about that with you as well.
0: I like that
1: sound good to you oh my god does it ever all right then let's kick things off dad where we start most monday mornings with which is with a chip shortage update i'll pull it up on the screen right here back on the yaa website join yaa.com slash guide chip shortage we update this page every single monday the latest data from our friends over at auto forecast solutions
0: Oh my God, the second smallest amount of lost production that we've been reporting on in months, months, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Yeah, last week was 261,000 vehicles were expected to be lost globally. This week was just uh, 22,000 units, excuse me, that were added to the projections for lost in production globally. Obviously, we're hearing some signaling from companies like Toyota and others that the worst is behind us. We haven't seen anything material yet. If you look at our market day supply data, it still got really, really bad. But that kind of trails by yes. a month, so that that kind of speaks to why.
0: No, it's I, I I think you can it 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 might almost be time to take the question mark out of the good chip news. I think it is good chip news. Um, but if you take the question mark out, then people probably wouldn't tune in. And, uh, <laughs> and, and you know, we all know how YouTube works. It's all clickbait. So there you have it. Uh, it's <laughs> you hate when I tell the truth. Um, no, actually, you enjoy when I tell the truth. But it is good news that, that uh, the chip shortage seems to be mitigating. Hopefully, we'll see an increase in on-hand inventory. Um, I think we're still weeks and weeks and weeks maybe months away from that. Um, but uh, eventually production will catch up those the 11 million lost vehicles um, this year will be made up for in future years. Um, and I guess a lot of manufacturers out there are hoping that they're made up with uh, well electric, electric vehicles. vehicles.
1: Yeah. Oh, gosh. We're going to spend some time talking about that as well. We've got a lot of folks in the chat here, so I'm going to just pull it up really quick. Chopsport says, I prefer the truth. We agree. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Frank from Tennessee. Thanks for being here, Frank. Uh, Jordan's here. Shane's here. Justice back from the L.A. Auto Show. Our L.A. Auto Show informant, Justice, was there.
0: We we should probably get him on the line so we can uh, quiz him. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Don't worry we've got some content coming later this week about the from the LA Auto Show Andrews here so Pops, we had Ford on Friday afternoon come out with news that they're going to be partnering with Global Foundries to create their own microchips. So we've seen more and more automakers signal that okay, we're going to get through this hardship. And the way that we're going to come out on the other side stronger is we're going to be less reliant on third party companies. We're going to we're going to integrate and build very deep relationships with like a specific supplier. So if with Ford, it's global foundries, we yes. had EM on friday as well come out with uh, similar they mentioned um i've got the article here whoops let me share my screen
0: by the way while you're sharing i just you know i'm, I'm representing the only nine win team in the nfl and they only have two losses by the way and they've they've won two of their last three games without two of their best players uh, both uh, kyler murray and deandre hopkins so uh, Go Cards, go. Rise up Red Sea. Let's go. And by the way, three weeks from today, three weeks from today, we will actually be in the stands at the State Farm uh, Stadium in Glendale, Arizona, rooting on the Cardinals during the Monday night game against the Los Angeles Rams. We will do a live broadcast uh, from the game. Don't worry. Oh, I can't wait.
1: (laughs) okay so gm came out on friday pops also you could make a case that we sometimes do the show without two of our best players i'm just i'm just thinking um yeah this was last week gm is working directly with their suppliers essentially i want to
0: know what you're saying we only have two players
1: (laughs) (laughs) they're going to go deeper with qualcomm st micro like st microelectronics tsmc renaissance so gm's taking a slightly different approach they're just saying we have all these strategic partnerships and we're going to go deeper with them they're still spreading themselves out across multiple different manufacturers yes and that providers ford came out and said hey we're going to work directly with global foundries and we're going to figure out a way uh, to make more chips more quickly we're seeing some of the numbers start to turn i think potentially and i listened to there's a gentleman on youtube automotive press is his channel and he's very research based he's kind of like the car care nut toyota guy um he's talking about how he thinks by summer of next year we should really be through this that's what we're hearing from a lot of the manufacturers we'll believe it when we see it but this news this week again projected the the increase in projected vehicles lost from production due to the chip shortage only went up 22,000 for context the prior week was 261,000 so a huge
0: so huge. yeah it's a, at a tenth of what it was the week before yep yep look at me doing math now Pops, we've
1: got from Leon here in the chat, and this was going to be a topic that we switched to in a moment here, so let's touch on it now. He says, why did Ford say they backed out of joint development with Rivion? That was a breaking story on Friday evening. But again, all these stories that come out on Friday evenings, let me pull it up here. oop. oop, oop. Where was it? Ford Rivian canceled plans to jointly develop an EV. Pops, what's the what's the real story here?
0: Well, I think Ford believes they don't need to to partner with Rivian in order for them to become, in their in their hopes, the second largest uh, producer of electric vehicles in the United States, uh, behind Tesla. Within two years, they think that they've got the expertise, the engineering, um, the the battery. Uh, uh, a situation handled so that they don't really need to partner with Rivian anymore in order to make that happen. Now, whether or not that plays out the way they would like it to, or whether or not there were other things that they understood or knew about the Rivian situation that led them to cancel their, their partnership is something that we don't know, but it's just, it's striking that news like this comes out, I don't know, after the stock market closes on a Friday afternoon, um, just several days after a Rivian IPO. Um, So as I said the other day, I I don't want to suggest that anybody is manipulating the markets, um, but it seems like there's a certain lack of transparency involved when it comes to uh, the information that potential investors are getting about what's going on at Rivian.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's one piece of the story. The other would be Rivian had um, uh, kind of, I don't want to call it a leak necessarily, but there was some journalism that came out about the uh, trucks that they've produced for Amazon and the fact that they are about 40% less, uh, get 40% less range, depending on if it's hot or cold outside. Um, which was disappointing news about Rivian as well. So yeah, there's lots of stories on Rivian and why Ford moved away from their partnership with them. It's pretty obvious. I mean, Justice was literally just at the, at the LA Auto Show and he says, I, oh, I can tell you why they have EVs galore and some really great ones already coming. The thing that I'm worried about for Ford, however, is they've had a lot of production issues, right? The Consumer Reports uh, Most Reliable Vehicles list just came out. And we can talk about that a little bit on the show today. But the least reliable brand, out of the 32 or 33 OEMs was actually Lincoln, right? A Ford product. Yes, so, it is. And Ford this year, remember with the Bronco, the brand new Bronco? What the heck were the issues with the Bronco? They were well,
0: everything. Yes. And and prior to that was the Expedition uh, when that came out and they had issues with that. Um, their history recently – has not been good when they have brought out new models. Uh, they have run into issues that uh, well, you would have thought that they they would have discovered during testing um, and perhaps corrected prior to production and prior to people buying these vehicles. So there has to be some concern on the consumer's minds when it comes to the reliability of these new vehicles that are being produced. Um, they haven't had a trouble-free successful launch of a new or updated model in quite some time. Um, and there's nothing recently to suggest that they've corrected those issues. So we can all hope um, that they have, but I, I think you'd have to take the uh, wait-and-see attitude with it to see if they actually have.
1: Absolutely, and especially as you're now producing entirely brand-new vehicles, um, it's, it's going to be... I think we're due for a lot of recalls. <laughs> that's kind of like my <laughs> supposition, because I think we're due for a lot of recalls over the next five, ten years. And honestly, uh, service centers at dealerships are going to be popping off. Like, that's going to be a boom in business uh, in the not-too-distant future. Already oh my, it already
0: is. Oh, my God, yes. The, you know, there's there's nothing dealerships love more than recalls, because that that is like – and, and I hate to use the term free money, but that's like free money to a dealership. Um, Ford pays, Ford gives them the money, um, and and the dealerships, their, their warranty labor rate is usually only a couple dollars less than their customer pay labor rate. Um, their techs are usually uh, qualified enough that they can beat the warranty times, uh, so the dealerships just make a ton of money off of it. It, it is... It is great for the service side of the business and most dealerships are looking for their service departments to uh, what we call service absorption to produce 70 to 80% of to cover 70 to 80% of all the dealerships expenses through the profits made in parts and service. And so if there's a lot of recalls, that just makes it easier to reach those benchmarks.
1: And so which dealerships are uh, feeling the love the most? I'll pull up actually from Consumer Reports. They came out with just last week, who makes the most reliable new cars? And I'm going to scroll all the way down. We'll kind of go in reverse order here. Lincoln, last on the list. <laughs> then Tesla.
0: Yeah, go ahead, Pops. Yeah, I was going to say uh, Lincoln's last and, uh, well, Tesla is uh, next to last. But, you know. That's just that's not us saying it. This is we're just reporting the findings from Consumer Reports, and um, there's a lot of brands that you would think should be reliable that are less than reliable.
1: Jeep then comes in uh, uh, 26th place, then Genesis, then Volkswagen, Mercedes-Benz, GMC down five spots from last year, Ram down 12 spots from last year. Ford is actually up five spots from last year, but ranks 18th. On the list, and again, the list goes all the way up to
0: twenty-eight. Who's the most reliable? Let's see.
1: I can't. I don't know. Mini came up thirteen spots. Are you? Are you believing that, pops?
0: Uh, am I believing that? Um, well, uh, well, they sold a lot less cars. <laughs> 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 uh,
1: but so they I, have a smaller sample size, is what you're telling uh, me.
0: That that could be. And I, I you know, I, I don't know where did BMW rank on the list because let's face it. A Mini is nothing but a a smaller version of a BMW at this point.
1: Yeah, 17th. BMW came in 17th.
0: And Mini came in 13th? Mini Mini came in 10th. 10th? Okay. Well, you know, I guess if you're producing so many less Minis, it's easier to get them right. Uh, I guess so. I I guess (laughs) so.
1: I guess we'll show on the screen not all bad news. Let's take a quick peek at. Well, who was tops? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm going to do.
0: Oh, Toyota came at, in
1: third. Yeah, came in second. Lexus came in first. This is not look at that.
0: So and 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 Infinity came in fourth. Honda came in sixth. Uh, Subaru seventh. Acura eighth. Nissan ninth. You have so, one
1: U.S. brand on on this list. Buick. And and
0: I was going to say, other than that, out of the top nine, eight of the top nine are Asian brands. Um, so that that's got to tell you a little something. That the reliability and the, and the viability of most of these manufacturers, the Asian brands, are a much better choice than the German brands or the domestically built vehicles.
1: Now we've got Igor, appreciate your commentary as always in the chat, saying most domestic automotive manufacturers are facing much higher tax hikes next year. They aren't looking for ways to open new plants in the US, but move away to Canada and Mexico for tax breaks. I'm not super knowledgeable on this. However, I've been getting myself well up to speed on the EV tax credits, which again, Justice was at the LA Auto Show. Space was there with them. Justice was texting me saying it's like, Every single car here with the exception of, of Chev- Chevrolet is like an EV related uh, vehicle. And all these EV tax credits currently, the way that they're worded and what's passed the house is you have to produce the vehicles in the United States. There's also yes. a component to that as well, but, you know, has to be produced here in the United States. So whether companies are going to move their plants uh, to other countries because of the tax benefits versus building in the United States so that they can get access to tax credits, it's an interesting kind of juxtaposition.
0: Well, and, and part of those tax credits are for uh, U.S.-sourced batteries mm-hmm. and U.S.-sourced manufacturing, unionized manufacturing facilities. And my guess is, this is strictly a guess, I, I haven't done the math on it, but my guess is that it is still uh, financially beneficial To have non-unionized shops in, say, Mexico and Canada operating and building these things, uh, then moving the facilities back to the United States so you could get the the extra $4,500 or $5,000 in tax credits.
1: Yeah, I bet you the cheap labor is kind of a, a better, better uh, cost decision than uh, you know getting the extra demand from the tax credits.
0: Yes, and and the difference is the tax credits eventually will work their way uh, out, and there won't be any. And uh, cheap labor, well, will always be cheap labor. <laughs> so, pops, justice just sent me over uh,
1: very quickly some some photos he took from uh, Ford with the new truck that they're working on. This is the twenty twenty three. F150 or the F100 that they're thinking. Yeah, F100, the electric F100 they're thinking of coming out with.
0: Wow, is that retro looking or what? With this crush, I think this would do well. Yeah, I think it would too. It it reminds you of the good old days um, uh, of you know the 1950s when the, you know life was life was good.
1: You know what it kind of does remind me of in all honesty? Let me I uh, I'm waiting. Here. Uh Hyundai coming out with their retro mod type of uh, throwback vehicles. You remember that?
0: Yes. Um, you know, this isn't the first time that that manufacturers have come out with retro looks. The PT Cruiser was a retro look. Um, you know, the, human beings tend to be somewhat nostalgic. And, you know, you see things like that Ford that you just showed – and it really is reminiscent of vehicles that were built in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And for the most part, um, nostalgia reminds us of things that that made us feel good. Um, whether or not we really did feel good, I don't know that we have the ability to remember back that far, but it just it, psychologically, it, it it takes us to uh, emotionally a better place.
1: Paying homage to the good old days is what he yes. says here in the yes. chat. And Jordan says maybe they'll bring back a stanza, get us the all electric Nissan stanza. Oh
0: my God. I can't I can't wait, you know. Because that was just – that was a vehicle that was just so far ahead of its time um, that even back to the future wouldn't want to touch it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, Pops, let's hit on one other chip shortage-related piece of news. We had, back on Friday, another headline coming out of GM – they're full of friday afternoon headlines ford and gm are we posted the video last week we've been talking about it a bunch the features you won't get in a new car because of the chip shortage the big one being heated seats this was fascinating the move that gm did pops they came out with a memo that automotive news got their hands on and I guess actually the even level set before that, essentially GM doesn't have enough chips for the vehicles that they're producing right now to put heated and ventilated seats in the Chevy Colorado, Chevy Blazer, Chevy Equinox, GMC Canyon, GMC Terrain, Chevy Silverados and Traverses, except for the top trim, the high country trim and GMC Sierras and Acadias, except for the top trim, the Denali's. That news came out about, I don't know, 10 days ago now, and initially, GM said you would receive a $150 to $500 credit if the vehicle that you ordered or the vehicle that you're looking to purchase no longer actually has heated and ventilated seats or if there was also a heated steering wheel option that was not going to be produced as well. We thought, okay, that's kind of crazy because a lot of people really like those features, but it is what it is, and you get at least a little bit of a discount. doesn't seem like it's enough of a discount, but okay, that's the news. We'll share it. The update from today, and this comes from a memo that Automotive News was able to get their hands on on the 19th that was sent to GM dealers, says that, and let me zoom in here for you. GM announced they will reduce the credit given to customers who do not receive vehicles with heated seats. Instead of a credit up to $500, GM will credit customers up to $50. Mm, and, mm, mm. and yeah, your vehicle uh did not get a heated steering wheel, you're going to still be discounted $150 or credited $150 from GM on the purchase of that vehicle. However, the reason their justification for going to a just $50 credit on the non heated and non ventilated seats is because supposedly GM will be able to retrofit vehicles with heated and ventilated seats by quote mid 2022. What did you yes. make of all this pops again friday friday evening joy
0: well apparently as far as uh, general motors is concerned uh, those items are worth say uh, i don't $50. know five, five five trips to arby's i don't know <laughs> Buy, by we got the meat buy yourself an arby sandwich a fry and a coke and hey guess what you you can do that you can do that five times and that's what general motors thinks that those heated seats and ventilated seats and heated steering wheels are worth um you know and and then we're all just hoping that that uh, yes uh, all the parts that are necessary to do the retrofit are truly available by mid 2022 and then you'll have to schedule to take your vehicle in to get it done, uh, but you know certainly that's not worth more than fifty bucks.
1: J and L W is here saying, "Hey, good to have you here." Igor says, "Oh my God, what they think it's justifiable?" Justice says, "Is it going to cost me fifty dollars to retrofit my seats?" And pops <laughs> your Arby's comparison worked well with
0: Jordan. Well, I'm uh, glad. I'm glad somebody appreciated it. Andrew says that's like two trips to Arby's. (laughs) Well, I haven't been to an Arby's in a while, but I'm just assuming one person, one sandwich, one fry, one soda. Okay. And yeah, you should be right around 10 bucks. That's five trips. Five times 10
1: is 50. To me, it's just like life is, we've talked about this, Pops. Life is all about setting expectations. And the fact that GM came out and said, hey, we're not going to be able to produce cars with what's pretty common feature and functionality, heated and ventilated seats. We'll give you up to $500 as a credit back because we apologize that this is going on. And then a week later to come out and say, yeah, no, it's actually, we, we, the press release was wrong. There was an extra zero there. We meant to take that. Like, what are you doing? It sets such bad expectations. And it shows, shows to your customers that you you don't care about them. You don't care at all.
0: No, because what, what, what GM is really saying is if they were going to credit you up to 500 now it's $50. they are saying they're expecting this retrofit to cost them somewhere in the neighborhood of, of 450 to $500. And they're willing to eat 50 of it, but they're not willing to eat 450 of it. And that's the difference. They What they said is basically, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Customer, you're paying for it. You know, we'll supply the parts. The dealerships will supply the labor. We'll reimburse them, but ultimately, you're really the ones that are paying for it because your credit's been reduced to fifty dollars from five hundred.
1: We've got a comment here: brand loyalty. Does anyone think uh, about the fa- that for the future? Obviously, not ALS no. over on Twitch. We appreciate everyone that Twitches with us. Streams us on Twitch. What would the dealership say if you tried to negotiate heated seats to be installed for $50 or $150 for a steering steering wheel upgrade? You're probably not getting anywhere at the dealership.
0: Oh, of course not. You know, because, you know, the dealership. I mean, if you ever went to the parts department and you wanted to order every part it takes that's in a car. Well, that car that that they might be asking $40,000 for is suddenly now a $300,000 car when you add up all the parts if you buy them individually you can't buy a steering wheel even unheated for 150 bucks okay um you're not buying a seat cover for a car uh for 50 bucks you're you, you, there's very little you're buying for 50 bucks so truly it's just gm's way of making sure that the consumers are paying for their failure to to uh, to acquire the uh, the chips necessary to pr- provide the vehicles with the uh, accessories that people want. And, expect. Yeah, honestly.
1: and honestly, part of, part of, I think our responsibility at YA is to blow this story up because people need to know that they're doing this. <laughs> like it's really not good. And if anyone else were to do it, we, we have no bias towards anyone. Like I have I an article up on the website Dan, that literally, and I, I didn't tell you about this, but literally we just tracked the Tesla price increases and now you can see it on a website. Like here it is. Here's every single price increase on the model three. Here's every price increase on the market. like. We don't care. We just want to get the information out there. And if you're doing stuff that's not good to the consumer, we're gonna we're gonna put it on our platform.
0: Well, let me let me say this: the PR guy that first came out and said we're gonna give you credits of 150 to 500 Um, and and then uh, a different PR guy said no, it's going to be 50. Well, that first PR guy, he'll probably end up running the company someday. That'll be the rewards <laughs> because because nothing in America's corporations succeeds quite like
1: failure. We've got a, a chat comment here, and then we're going to jump over to really, you've got to be kidding me, which I didn't even queue you up for. <laughs> yeah. first, right? yeah. well, you, um, should get,
0: you should get more booster shots.
1: So I, I really don't know what's going on. Can you please talk about options that we may skip to avoid falling for chip shortage trap? I'll try to understand this question.
0: I I, I think I understand the question. I, I think what the what, what he's asking is are there certain things that we shouldn't order? so that the, uh, the shortage of chips won't impact the manufacturer of that vehicle. And quite honestly, I, I wouldn't have a clue as to what chips are needed for what options. Um, we do know obviously that there's certain chips that are needed for heated and ventilated seats and heated steering wheels. Um, but as far as the rest of the options, I, I really have no idea. And I'm pretty sure the manufacturers aren't going to share that information with us or anybody else.
1: Igor e, here in the chat saying, steering wheel is 750 to $1,200. Heated seats installation roughly runs $550 plus labor of two hours minimum at $130 hourly rate.
0: There you have it. But you're getting a 50-buck credit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, you queued me up.
0: Really? You, you gotta, gotta be kidding.
1: kidding me. Okay, so every once in a while, and pretty much every day, we get sent in different car deals out there that are just truly ridiculous. I posted this one back on the Your Advocate Alliance Instagram account, just Instagram.com/slash Your Advocate Alliance. I just posted this one earlier today. Pops, this was a Toyota. This is, I should say, a Toyota Rav4. It's a little hard to see here. Yeah. but an MSRP. Of $49,659. The total price with the dealer markup and all the add-ons, $96,442. This is the first ever $100,000 Toyota RAV4. It's ridiculous. This is a dealership out in Oakland.
0: Truly nuts. Um, well, yeah. you. I, 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 I noticed on there that it was a $40,000 in, in additional dealer profit. And... Uh, I, I don't want to say that's greedy, but hell, that's greedy. <laughs> okay, uh, that 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 says to anybody that walks into your dealership, we don't care about you one bit. It's all about us and not about you at all. And and for any poor sucker who says, "Okay, I'll take it," well, you deserve it then. Okay, if you're going to be foolish enough to agree to it, you deserve it. May I? May I add? that when it comes to additional dealer markup like this, it's the dealership asking. It's not mandating. They're asking you to pay that. Does that become negotiable? Absolutely. So if, like a fool, you said, oh, I won't give you a $40,000 dealer markup, but I'll give you 20, they will take it, okay? They, they would cut that in half because that's just pure, unadulterated profit.
1: Can I tell you something that you might not have seen on first glance here? If you actually look at this dealer-installed addendum sheet, I know yeah. my arrow's covering it a little bit, but you see what that says? Products are not cancelable once purchased. Can you read that, Pops? Yeah. All right, gang. Here's here's something you should know. All of these products are cancelable because you get prorated refunds. Back at joinya.com, we sell extended warranties, right? We sell
0: them. The last time I checked.
1: Us today. And you cancel it tomorrow. You know what you get? A prorated refund. Double check the contracts with the actual providers. I'm going to look at this again really quick. So we've got uh, LoJack, Shield. There's another one on here, but I can't read it. Like if you were to actually look at the LoJack contract and read that, I bet you it doesn't have language in there that says these are not cancelable. They 100% are cancelable and you get prorated refunds. Now, why would the dealership put not cancelable? because if you can't they don't want you, yeah they don't, they don't want win. you to cancel it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that what, yeah. that that pisses me off. You can, can buy buy ours, cancel it tomorrow. Will I be bad? No. Cuz that's how the contract's written. Like it's pretty simple stuff, man. Uh
0: the, the these are these are just some of the tactics that some dealerships, not all dealerships, that some dealerships that aren't playing the long game. As you like to say, uh, employ and and it is it is absolutely terrible that these business people and that's what they are because there are businessmen that own these or business women that own these dealerships that that they don't think about the future they just think about right now they are not looking at the long term uh, aspects of some of their actions. And anybody that ends up buying that RAV4, no matter how much or how little of that $40,000 extra that they end up paying, one day is going to wake up out of that coma and go, I wouldn't do business with those people ever again. And very well might tell all their friends, I can't believe that I, I actually agreed to pay 10000 or 20000 or whatever it is over just so I could have the privilege of buying this car. They were so, I would never tell you to, you shouldn't go there. And that's, what's going to happen. And now let's,
1: let's wrap on two things, Pops. One is I went to the community forum and this Kimberly Klein actually posted additional dealer markup. Anyone, my son emailed this to me from one of his friends. So here's another, a Toyota four runner with it. uh, Essentially let's add it all up. $1,200 $1,200 in addition, $12,000, excuse me, in additional dealer markup. What I want to pull up on the screen though, thank you, Justice, again. If you go to our dealership reviews channel, we have nearly 100 now individual dealership reviews that YAA community members have written. Justice, God bless him, went through and created a sortable spreadsheet that you can actually look through. So if you're looking for a dealer that does Vehicle by ten thousand dollars or forty thousand dollars or whatever the heck the amount is. Check out this spreadsheet, it's back on the YAA community forum. And what I encourage you to do is find one on here, like we'll just do one of the top ones, like Mission Viejo Acura. Copy that, come back on the forum, search and read the review. Exactly, don't know what happened right there. Let me refresh.
0: Uh, You know,
1: there we go. And read the review, it's computers,
0: bugs happen.
1: No, and, and then read the review. And yes. so this is the one way that we're figuring out that we can push back against this idea of <coughs> business with uh, you know, someone who's marking up the Toyota RAV4 <coughs> to $100,000.
0: Yes. I think I'm choking here.
1: Thank you, Justice.
0: Yes, Woot, thank you, Justice. He did a great job, by the way. He, he really, did. really did. You know, may I say very quickly, the whole team does a great job. And, and, you know, we, we don't get to, most people don't get to see who these folks are, but they're real live, honest to God, human beings that are just out there trying to make it better and easier for people when it comes to buying a car. And we are so fortunate to have each and every one of them as a member of team YAA. Absolutely
1: pops. Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll even be here on Wednesday. We've got a special something coming on Thursday. Did I tell you about that pops? You don't tell me anything. All right, well, I'll cue you in after we get off. Um, And I appreciate your time today. Like always, thank you to everyone who is here, and much love to all.
0: Yep, absolutely. See you all, uh, well, tomorrow, noon east, 9 west. And whatever other time zone you're in, you figure out yourself. See you (laughs) then.
1: Join us again next time. Which is probably tomorrow. To get the news you can use from YAA. YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening.
0: See you soon.